Justin, don't you love having a clean set of balls? Do we mean footballs? No, I mean my testicles. Justin, when I used to trim Little Ryan, it was a risky job. My shaver would often cut me, and so the whole experience was rather unpleasant. Is it similar for you? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's usually quite uncomfortable. Well, it doesn't have to be this way, because Manscaped have now launched in the UK. They are the ball shaving specialists. I've had a go on one of their trimmers, and it is a dream. It's designed specifically with your balls in mind. That means less accidents and a much smoother shave. Also, it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. And it's got an LED light, so you can see what you're doing. Justin, let me tell you, it's a life changer. That sounds amazing. Where can I get one? I'm glad you asked. Go to manscaped.com and because you're a listener of this superb podcast, you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code second tier. That's one word. So that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code second tier. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Sabri Lamushi now to my Sabri Lamushi from last year. It's Justin Peach. Good afternoon. How's it going, Justin? It is good. It is good. Very good. Lovely lovely stuff. We're joined today by Jack Dawson from the Bristol City Podcast, BS3 Talk. Jack, how's it going? It's all good, yeah. A bit of a rainy weekend, but sit here on fire, so yeah, I'm all good. Oh yeah, I bet you are. And uh, from the Blackburn website, Rovers Chat, we're joined by Ryan Hildred. Ryan, are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, it's a pleasure to have you both here. So we'll jump straight into your game first, Jack, if that's all right. Bristol City beat Forest 2-1, thanks to goals from Andy Vyman and Naki Wells. Um, we'll talk about the dumpster fire that is Nottingham Forest in a sec, but four wins out of four for Dean Holden's side, Jack. You must be delighted. I am, and for me, I think the most pleasing thing is that all four wins have been so different in a way. Like We've had the early early games these when we played this almost champagne football, you know, the press, the quick passing, but... Yes, there was very much a ground out win. We got the two goals early on. We played really well for the first first half, but then second half it was very much a backs against the wall performance, and that is almost our best form under Lee Johnson was like that. But obviously Holden's almost taken that to a new level. And yeah, I think we were 18th favourites for promotion to start the season in Sky Bet. I think we've leaped up to about about sixth or seventh now. So yeah, I'm very happy with it. It's all going well. 18th favourites. I didn't know that. That's like, that seems a bit ridiculous in hindsight, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> The, the game does have a bit of an asterisk next to it because Dan Bentley had to make some very good saves um, and Bristol City were actually quite lucky with a few of the chances. Um, he had a few shaky moments last season, didn't he? But how good a goalkeeper is he? I think I was a bit sceptical when we brought him in because I saw a lot of Brentford fans saying, you know, he'll make a good save then he's got a clanger in him and I was thinking, we got mine per O'Leary's coming through, we don't need Dan Bentley. But for the, probably the first two-thirds of last season, he was, in my opinion, our player of the year because he, he kept us in so many games against the Kosh. And I think the thing for him is he's such a confidence goalkeeper. The when Lee Johnson was in charge, particularly the back end of last season, he made one mistake and he was out of the team. And I think with Bentley, he needs some reassurance. He needs an arm on the shoulder. You know, he's going to be number one. I think Holland's just given him that. And we know when he's at the top of his game, he's a great championship goalkeeper. I think there's, I think there's too many better at reflex saves in the division. So we've got great goalkeeper in our hands. I think Max O'Leary's second choice is also very, very good. But... I think if, we, if you stick with Bentley for a season, you'll reap the rewards. And I think we're doing that right now. 
Mm. Justin, it's a bit mental that considering the chances Forrest had, their only goal came from a wonder strike from Luke Freeman from about 30 yards out. What a goal that was. Well, it's just Luke Freeman in a nutshell, really. He scores goals like that. I'm surprised that he hit it so well with his right foot. But, you know, it could have been a, a very different game had uh, Martin um, scored that chance in the first cu- uh, couple of minutes. And, you know, Forrest could have been away rather than Bristol City. But that, that's just Forrest at the moment summed up. And obviously, they're only... Their only way in scoring goals seems to be from from wonder strikes. Mm. Sticking with you just for a sec because uh, Lamushi is uh, another loss for him now. Uh, four straight losses. The pressure is incredibly high. How long do you reckon he's got left? I mean, his post match press yesterday, he basically said, "There's another club interested in me. <clears throat> I could easily go." He's almost trying to force the 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 board's hand um, in saying, "You know, we're going to support you," but. I mean, if I was Forrest, they, they were terrible yesterday. Again, defensively terrible, I, I should say. Um, the, the goals Bristol City scored, was it seemed really easy. Um, and it just seems to be getting worse under Lamouche. And the, the squad that they have is ridiculous. It's unbalanced. Financially, it's going to be a mess in a year's time. There's there's more headaches there now than there was this time last season. I you know, I want, in, I want it to do well because I like Lamouche, but it's just not working. Mm. And I suppose with the international break as well as the old stereotype, isn't it, that now is the time to make a change if you are going to make one. Um, I asked you a similar question last week, Jack, about automatic promotion. Have Bristol City fans got their eyes on Premier League glory? Um, I think the automatics are still a stretch because I think we're all well aware there's been countless seasons now where City have flown out of the blocks. Although it was the first time, I think, for 93 years that we've won our first four league games, but... Anyway, we always seem to um, fight the blocks and then fall off. And obviously, Dean Holden, as good as he's been so far, we've not seen what he's like when we go for a barren of form. We don't know how he reacts to it. So I'm very hesitant to get carried away. But yeah, I think looking at the rest of the league, there, aren't, there isn't anyone that's scaring me so far. So I think if we can keep up this feel-good factor, this energy around the club that there is at the minute, I think our squad is, I don't know if there's many better in the league for most, particularly midfield. I think midfield we've got is, you know, the depth is outstanding. So I think if we can keep it up, I wouldn't say automatics, but I think playoffs were definitely a strong contender, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, the thing we were saying last week was that when Bristol City have a good run of form, it's usually followed up by a terrible run of form where you win and you know, go without a win in 10 games. Are you wary of that potentially happening here? I think we've been stung by it sort of in the past. I think 17-18 springs to mind where we're second, second at Christmas behind Wolves and then it all collapsed. So I definitely, we know what a championship's like. It's such a long grind of a season that you can't get too carried away. But I think hopefully it's different under Dean Holden. There is obviously the threat that is a Lee Johnson mark too. But I think everything that he's given off so far is signs that he is really a fresh face. He's got fresh ideas. He's a mingling with fans at the pub, which I liked, although he's shaking a lot of hands in the photos. And if that's <laughs> going to go too, down too well the rest of the league. But the signs are good. And I think the squad we've got is definitely good enough. It's just whether we can keep it together for a whole season. That's the question we've had over us for the last few years. It's not been answered yet. So who knows? Hmm. Hi, Ryan. You're all right. Yeah, good. Uh, I just want to offer Justin a little uh, a little nugget of hope. So uh, first game after the international break is Blackburn Rovers, of course, for Forest. So if you do sack Lamushi, um, guaranteed victory for Forest. <laughs> Always happens, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, let's talk about Blackburn's game against Cardiff. That finished 0-0. But as goalless games go, it was actually quite an enjoyable one. Uh, it seems like Blackburn were unlucky not to get all three points here, Ryan. 
Yeah, I think so. A um, couple of big chances, one for Armstrong at the end of the first half and then Gallagher missed an absolute sitter in the second half and obviously with Cardiff going down to 10 men as well, um, you hope in that final 20 minutes you can grind them down. But it was a game crying out for Bradley Dack yesterday as much as you know the likes of Tyrese Dolan and, and, and Armstrong have, have grabbed the headlines recently. That's the game where it's Bradley Dack's going to win you that game 1-0. So um you know, we're happy enough with the start. Three clean sheets in a row in the top six going into the international break. You know, can't complain too much, particularly as I think our squad is is quite light in certain areas as well. Mm. One notable name on the team sheet was Daniel Ayala making his debut in a Blackburn shirt. The defence has been an issue in the eyes of a lot of Rovers fans, hasn't it, Ryan? And um, how much are Blackburn supporters expecting Ayala to improve that? Uh, massively so. Um, we've not had a good pairing uh, for quite a while, probably since Hanley and, and Duffy about five or six seasons ago. Uh, ironically, yesterday, Ayala made his debut because Daryl Lenihan got injured and it's Lenihan and Ayala who we want to be the partnership. So hopefully we can get past this transfer window because I still think there's little, just little rumours of Lenihan maybe being sniffed about by people like Sheffield United and others. You know, O'Connell's injured at the moment. We can get past that window. Um, Ayala and Lenihan should be a good, solid centre-back pairing. So, yeah, we're really excited about having two solid centre-backs there. Mm. From a Cardiff perspective, Justin, this wasn't a great performance from them. And it was summed up by Lee Tomlin, who I can only assume got bored (laughs) and decided to elbow Sam Gallagher in the face. It was very odd because I can't see what else he was trying to do other than trying to hurt him. But nonetheless, Cardiff, Justin, aside from that Forest game, they have struggled a bit, haven't they? It's been quite an indifferent start hasn't it? it they've not yeah as you say other than the forest game they've not really got going the Sheffield Wednesday game they sort of dominated the ball couldn't quite see it through and again you know yesterday they, they conceded a lot of chances it's there's a there's a weird balance there at the moment they're not defensively strong and they're not great going forward at the moment either perhaps it's just you know trying to embed those new signs in there's been a sort of a mini upheaval for Neil Harris, obviously, the likes of Patterson's left, Mendes Lang has obviously gone as well. You know, attacking wise, they're still sort of trying to bed in new signs, the likes of Keith Moore, Ojo as well. And obviously, defensively, that's probably the biggest surprise for me. But, you know, he's got time to turn it around. And, you know, we're back in Cardiff for a reason. They've got a lot of strength in depth. And under Neil Harris, we think it can go far. But games like yesterday, the amount of chances they conceded was too many. Mm. Neil Harris says he does want to bring in players uh, so expect a bit of movement on that front in the international uh, break well guys we'll speak to you again a bit later on uh, when we play Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight let's go around the grounds we'll start off with the game from Friday night it finished Bournemouth 3 Coventry 1 two goals coming from Dan Gosling we're joined now by Mark Dean from the Cherries Trust Mark it was a fairly comfortable win here wasn't it? It was a really pleasant game to watch Um, I think Coventry brought their game to us but Obviously, we were very strong against them. Um, I think our, pr- our premiership experience really showed. It's um, a very, very enjoyable game. Yeah, Jason Tyndall's come in. He's Eddie Howe's old assistant. What have the fans made of him so far? The fact he's coming and he's winning games um, shows he's obviously very much respected amongst the players. He's put his own touch on and we're playing a very high-press game. And lots of pressure on the uh, opponent. The fans are starting to warm to him as manager. Um, nobody really knew much about him as an assistant because he was also always very, very quiet. You may notice that from his uh, interviews on TV. It seems like, as a manager, he hasn't actually changed that much and he's just carried on doing what Eddie Howe would have done. Is that the case? 
I would tend to not agree with that. I think Eddie's put his own identity on. Uh, we're playing with a much more confidence, playing a lot, uh, f- much further up the field. We're not sitting back, and we're tighter in defence. You remember everything with Bournemouth was, OK, they were going to concede, but yes, they were going to score. Well, now we're not really conceding, and we are scoring. If you think yesterday, or should I say, sorry, Friday night, we played without Dan Juma, without King, without Brooks. So really, we had half a team out there, really. And Mark, quite a few championship pundits, including ourselves, weren't expecting Bournemouth to be challenging for automatic promotion this season. But after the start that you've had, and the amount of quality in your side, are you expecting to be right up there come the end of the season? I don't want to come across as arrogant, so what I will say is the way we are playing, it looks like we have a chance of being there. You know, the club's ambition is straight back to Premiership. It's not a case of, well, we'll do what we can. No, it's straight back to Premiership. So, let's hope so. Cheers, Mark. That's Mark from the Cherries Trust. Justin, Bournemouth looking the best of the relegated side so far. What do you think? They certainly are. They're, they're obviously form-wise. They're starting to pick up. They've not really got going. But what we saw on Friday night against Coventry was the Premier League players coming to the fore with the quality. You saw that with the goals from Lerma and Gosling. You know, I've not seen Gosling hit a shot like that for a while. So it's certainly him doing that and other players contributing is what is what they need. And it takes the pressure off Solanke. You know, with Wilson going, for example, it just releases that pressure. So. They're starting to build up a bit of momentum um, and obviously the players are starting to produce the quality that we know that they've got. Yeah, they've got some massive names there, haven't they? And I think the thing is as well, when you compare them to the likes of Norwich and Watford, they've not lost as many big names as um, as the others have. So, um, Coventry perspective, Justin, not a bad performance by any means, but the main talking point is Gustavo Hammer's red card. It was a bit unclear why it happened. He raised a hand to the face of Steve Cook but then replay showed that he might have actually spat at him. Now, Mark Robbins, after the game, said Hammer told him he didn't do it. What did you think, Justin? I'm really on the fence with it. It certainly looked like, you know, he's, he's made the motion to spit. It's not one that I'm familiar with, but it looks like he is. Or he could have been saying, you want some. Uh, it's, it's, it's such... It's such a hard thing to distinguish and only the referee and Steve Cook, for example, are going to know exactly what happened. You know, usually the cameras pick up some something coming out the mouth and it didn't actually show anything. So who knows? But as I say, it's a soft red card if it's a raised hand. Mm. It's, but um, if it is a spit, then fair enough. It might have been a case of a, a empty empty ammo. You know what I mean? Um, Dry mouth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if, it's a weird body movement to make, isn't it, if he hasn't mm. spat at him? And the referee sending him off just for a hand to the face seems very harsh. Wherever the case, if he has done it, then it's disgusting, even more mm. so during a global pandemic. And if he has done it, then he should get a massive ban. I'm talking at least 10 games, because you can't be doing that when every, with everything that's going on at the moment. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, um, because he says he didn't do it, and only Steve Cook and the referee really know what's happened. Uh, let's go to the Riverside Stadium, Justin, where it was Neil Warnock's 1500th game in football speaking of the achievement he said the sooner we get the fans back the better i'd like to get booed at least one more time before i retire what a man it was a good 1500th (laughs) game anyway because borough won 2-1 against barnsley but it means the tykes are still yet to win this season now on the line is lewis robinson from the barnsley podcast talk of the tarn lewis what's gone wrong so far this season 
I think it's a mixture of things, to be quite honest. I think that, first of all, I think the biggest problem is the recruitment. I think that um, after how he stayed up last season, I think that the uh, should have been seen as more of a lifeline and the board should have took that as a message to invest in the squad. Obviously, the, with the coach situation, it's not as easy as maybe in previous windows. But um, yeah, I think on that front, recruitment could have been much better. Also, the, obviously, the current interest in Gerhard Struberd can't help the team and planning for the future. I think that it's... Um, obviously going to rock the squad a little and it's not going to bring much stability so I think that's probably not going to help either. Generally going forward I think a lack of depth up front after the sale of Jacob Brown haven't replaced him properly yet and um, yeah I think it's just going forward and the combination of all those things really. Yeah, as you mentioned there, going forwards is the real issue. Uh, Yesterday was your first goal and that was from the penalty spot but it's surprising that it is an issue when you've got the likes of Corley Woodrow on your side. I think Jacob Brown offered more to the team than I think fans realised and a lot of people realised. I think his aerial ability is deceptively quite good in the air and he just brings an extra dimension to the attack. Mainly that also Woodrow playing in a different system, playing in behind the striker rather than playing as a, as a number nine, probably more likely not going to score as much as many goals in that system. But um, yeah, it just seems to be when we get the ball, we just seem to lack idea in terms of what we're going to do with it. Uh, there's no pattern of play. And yeah, it's quite worrying. And as you say, it's quite telling that the only goal we've scored this season is from the penalty spot. Let's talk about the Struber situation, Lewis, because he's been linked with a move to New York Red Bulls. Do you think that's had an effect on performances? You'd think so. I don't think it's going to help anything. It doesn't allow you to have that stability. In the players' minds, they'll be thinking, well, What's going to happen? Do I play out of my skin now? There's lots of things to think about as a player when that situation arises. And yeah, it's not like I said, it's not going to help the situation. I don't think the problem solely lay there. But um, yeah, definitely don't think it helps. And Lewis, what's the consensus amongst the Barnsley fans? It does look like Struber is heading to New York. Will the fans be disappointed? Yeah, I think that it'll be hard to forget the exploits he pulled off last season. He took us over in a very dire situation, hadn't won in a long, long time. And we didn't win immediately after he came in, but the changes he brought in were clear to see from day one. You could see that we were working towards something better than what we already had. And ultimately, the proof's in the pudding. I think if this was a league table from when he joined as manager, I think it would have been a mid-table side, which is one of the reasons why there was much optimism going into this season. I think there's still, I don't think there's any reason for them still not to be. Yeah, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a sad loss. Thanks, Lewis. Yeah, not going very well for Barnsley so far, Justin. We'll talk a bit later on in the news about the Struber situation, but it's a good, solid win for Middlesbrough, isn't it? It is, and I have to admit, I don't think... They, they haven't been bad at all. You know, the opening day against Watford, they could have easily got a result there, but, you know, just wasn't going their way in front of goal. Um, but we're seeing a completely different Borussard, one playing with a lot more confidence and fluidity. You look at Paddy McNair, for example, he's like a prime Beckenbauer, like a... a Beckmanair Bauer. Paddy McBeckner. We'll go with that one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, War- Warnock pointed out in, in, in his post match presser that he wants his team to be flexible go- uh, going forward. And with Paddy McNair, for example, you've got an asset defensively and going forward. Like, last, in a game against Borough, his cross for, um, I think it was Marcus Brown, was unbelievable. And that's a player playing in the middle of a back three. Um, so he's, he's such a good player and that combination from Warnock and, and McNair I think is going to prosper this season and it's certainly going to get better. McBeckinair. McBeckinair. 
Swansea are fourth after beating Millwall 2-1 at the Liberty Stadium. Jake Bidwell and Ben Comango amongst the goals, but Millwall just one win so far this season. Joining us from that Millwall podcast is Omar Ronane. What have you made of your start so far, Omar? I think yesterday's result puts a little bit of a damper on our start to the season. Obviously, with 1-1, we've drawn two and lost one now. So, obviously, first defeat yesterday, so can't be too disheartened on that. But I thought yesterday we could have maybe continued that little run going, at least get a draw. Wasn't to be. Obviously, the one win we got was away at Rotherham, who were newly promoted. They were on a bit of a higher, so we managed to kind of knit in that game. And to be honest with you, I thought that was a good result for us at the time. Um, the creative outlet for us has not been there at the moment, which is obviously an issue for us. We're normally quite solid defensively. Before yesterday, we only considered one goal, and that was an Ivan Tony penalty against Brentford. Not too disheartened yet. We've got the international break. We can go again. And we've got a good favourable run of fixtures afterwards. I think Wickham, Luton, you know, hopefully games we can pick up some more points. You know, as you alluded to there, um, going forwards seems to be a bit of an issue for Millwall at the moment. Do you think that's something that's going to be remedied in the transfer window over the next week? To be honest with you, I'm not quite sure. I think Rowett said a few times he'll be looking to get one more in, but he's not too disheartened with the business we've already done. So I think, you know, obviously we signed Troy Parrott alone from Tottenham, who was highly regarded. And unfortunately, he's obviously came back against Burnley in a cup game for us and then got injured after 45 minutes. Um, and by the sounds of it, he's out six, eight weeks again. So... I mean, if I'm putting on the balance of things, I think we probably will try and get one more attacker in. Um, the issue with playing, we're playing three at the back. Obviously, we've got three central defenders with Pierce, Hutchinson, and Cooper on the pitch. Going forward, we don't really have too many bodies in in like attack, so to speak. You've got a three up front who's got a free license to do what they want, and it suits the likes of Wallace, I feel like, um, to obviously make an impact on the game. He's got two goals so far this season. But I do think if we had that one more player in there, I don't know, maybe the likes of. A bit, bit more of a mobile number nine, so to speak, to aim off and build from. We maybe might be in a better position. I think, obviously, Bradshaw scoring yesterday could be an opening for us, but we'll have to wait and see. And finally, Omar, it is just one win so far this season for Millwall, but it has been a tricky start and the fixtures are a bit kinder after the international break. So I presume you're expecting things to be turn around again after that. I do hope so. I think international break comes at a good time. You know, two weeks at training ground to kind of work on that attacking mentality and obviously try and get a bit more creativity in the side. Um, you know how things quickly things can change in the championship, and obviously it's three games in three day, in seven days, so to speak, and that's going to be a common theme throughout till Christmas time. Now, um, I'm really hopeful that we can obviously get a bit of a run to go in and hopefully kick on. I think be interesting to see if one thing I didn't touch on in the transfer market was Jason Mullenby who we've been linked with to try and get back after his good spell for us last season not quite sure whether Brian see him as an option for the rest of the season or not so we'll have to wait and see I think fingers crossed we kick on um, if we don't I'm sure we will get our chance later in the season Cheers Omar that's Omar from that Millwall podcast Justin fantastic result for the Swans and as I say up to fourth in the table it's another win, three wins and a draw. It's, you know, they're starting to get the form going. And I think they've not really got the players that they want yet. You know, Steve Cooper's called out the ownership, for example. Um, uh, but who needs a number nine when your defenders are bagging goals? You know, Bidwell's finish, for example, was good. And obviously, the Swansea getting these results against good teams without actually having a proper number nine is just showcasing how good of a manager Steve Cooper is. And it's only going to get better um, when he can get the players that he wants. Yeah, to be fair, having an ex-Champions League player in Andre Ayo up front isn't a bad, <laughs> isn't a bad replacement. But uh, I see your point. Right, let's have a break, Justin. After that, we'll talk about Brentford, Luton, and Reading. It's a little-known fact that when Justin and I record these shows, nine times out of ten, we're wearing a classic football shirt from years gone by. And where do we get them from? ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk
In fact, as I record this, I'm wearing my PSG shirt with Thiago Silva on the back. Alternatively, I could have worn my Juventus shirt, Dortmund shirt, Blackburn shirt. I could go on. We're big fans of classic football shirts here because they offer you classic football shirts at a great price. And it's not just shirts either. Oh no, dear listener. There's also training wear, tracksuits, shorts, socks, you name it. And I can guarantee they'll have something for your club. So head on over to classicfootballshirts.co.uk or visit them in store in either London or Manchester. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. Right, let's go uh, to the Brentford-Preston game from this Sunday afternoon. A mental game that finished 4-2 to Preston after Brentford were two goals up. Let's talk now to Jake Oates from the from the Finney Podcast. Jake, what a result for Preston. Yeah, cracking result. At half-time, it looked difficult to say the least, but to come back in the way we did, to have Potts scoring, Sinclair scoring twice, Maguire getting off the mark in the league. Uh, it's, it's It's been a good afternoon to be a Preston fan. That's one way of putting it. Yeah, I will be honest, before this game, I was expecting us to be talking about what a bad start Preston have had. It's just one point before this game. Uh, but what's changed here for this result to happen? Had we lost today, you, you could have said, yeah, it's been a poor start. But the... The Swansea game, I think it was just purely down to us lacking any sort of creativity in the final third. We dominated possession, shots, shots on target. The Norwich game, I thought we were unlucky not to come away with more than a draw, but against a team that are going to be pushing for the top two, in my opinion, I think a draw was a fair result. The Stoke game, I don't even want to go into that, really. The, the red card that was never a red card just killed it. Um, and, and it's always going to be an uphill battle when you're down to 10 men. I think had we kept 11 men on the pitch, we would have won that game quite comfortably. And today, obviously, I think you're not going to see many teams going to Brentford dominating the ball um, and outpassing them like we did. And yeah, what, what a comeback in the second half. Yeah, and finally, Jake, the aim for Preston this season is to finish in the playoffs, as it always is. Um, you've signed a striker, uh, finally, uh, Emil Rees Jakobsen from uh, Danish side Randers. Uh, what else do Preston need uh, before the transfer window closes for the top six to happen this season? I think just something else in the final third, just to add a little bit of creativity and, and to offer something different. Um, maybe maybe that's in the shape of a young Premier League loan player, uh, in the in the shape of a number 10 or a winger. Uh, in an ideal world, I think we could do with some cover at fullback. Uh, we're yet to see anything from Josh Earl. He's, he's out injured, but there's the potential that he could come in and, and have a big part to play this season. But I think on the whole, when we're missing Darnell Fisher on the right, it's 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 an area in which we're lacking. So yeah, I think I think maybe a bit of cover there. And then obviously any replacements should any of the big four go. Um but we'll have to wait and see on that. Cheers, Jake. That's Jake from from the Finney. Uh, Justin, a crazy game this, but uh, Brentford falling to pieces. Four goals in twenty minutes. What what on earth has happened there? Well, the defending for some of the goals was was pretty laughable and a couple of set pieces as well. They just switched off. You know, you, you go into the break 2-0 up, you want to see the game out at this point and maybe grab a third just to just to make it a bit bit easier for yourselves. But they, they fell asleep. The early goal for Preston in the second half clearly got them their tails up and Brentford crumbled under the pressure, which is not something you want to see um, 
well, at any point in the season, it's, it's elements of of last season maybe in the in the mindset. But um, you know, only the players know. But as I say, disappointing disappointing result for Brentford, definitely, but a big win for Preston. Massive win for Preston, but this Brentford side, you don't expect them to fall apart like this because their defence is very good. And for this to happen is just bananas. Uh, let's go to Hillsborough because Wednesday in QPR played out a one-all draw. Macaulay Bond grabbing a 95th minute equaliser on his debut. Charlie Wise is from the QPR YouTube channel Talking Rangers. What a great start for Macaulay Bond, Charlie. That's one way to put it. What a hell of a way to make your first impact as a QPR player. And we're coming off the bench, I think, about the 63rd minute or something like that. Um, yeah, he didn't really have too much involvement in the game until that 95th minute equaliser. Wow. Um, yeah, keeper didn't really have too many clear-cut chances in the game. But when Bon had his first chance, he definitely took it. Um, must be a very, very proud moment for him. And um, yeah, not a bad point on the road for us. I think it was a, it was a deserved one. What have you made of QPR's start? It is just one win, but the performances haven't been too bad, have they? To be honest, at no point at any of those games really have we been seriously outplayed. Um, I think we've had a lot of possession, but the problem with us is creating clear-cut chances from that possession, really converting our play into opportunities that we can score from. Because we do have players that can score, we do have clinical players, but I think we just lack that creativity in the midfield. Which is something to do with with the void that Eze's left. Um, Chair has maybe not quite hit the heights which we were to expect, but hopefully with these new players we're bringing in the Doma, um, Chris Willock, and potentially Andre Green. Not sure where that one's going um, at the moment, but yeah, we're just we're just missing that bit of creativity in the midfield. We're playing probably three sort of holding midfielders, one with Luke Amos in a more attacking role, and it's just not really um, helping us going forward. So, yeah, hopefully that's something we're going to be changing in the next few days. And, Charlie, going forwards, there was no issue there last season, but defensively, you were a bit of a mess. But that doesn't seem to be as much of an issue this season. Certainly. Um, you know, we've made a couple of additions. We, we signed Rob Dickey, um, and his first couple of games were a bit shaky, but he looked much more reassured yesterday. And a big thing for us as well was the last couple of games was, was set pieces. We were absolutely diabolical. Uh, yeah, we just we just looked more in control the last couple of games or so at the back. Um, like you say, some of the defending, if you could be classed as defending last season, was absolutely shambolic, shipping an absolute ton of goals. So hopefully this year we can tighten it up. Because if we do tighten it up and we can, you know, we have got players that can score goals, then we could be on to a bit of a winner this year. But um, yeah, I'm not going to get too carried away with um, just conceding one in the previous game. But now hopefully, hopefully this season we will keep it a bit tighter at the back. Cheers, Charlie. Yeah, Wednesday haven't won since the opening day. And despite that, they're still making a lot of ground on the teams above them, Justin, because obviously they have had the 12-point deduction. Um, but still, no win since the opening day. It's not ideal, is it? It's not ideal, but performances are there. You have to think, <laughs> if Lees doesn't go off, he heads that cross from Barbe, doesn't he? That falls mm. straight to, to, to Bond's head. Um it's it's a frustrating one for Wednesday, certainly is, but there's there's a lot more there for me to be a bit happier about them, a bit more content. You know, they're bringing players in, good players, good championship players, hard-working players as well. Um, and they're aside for me, you know, I know we tipped them for relegation, but they're doing a, a much better job than the likes of Wickham, Forest, and other teams around them, Barnsley. Yeah, definitely. Right, let's go to the lunchtime kickoff from yesterday. Norwich were beaten 1-0 by Derby thanks to a beautiful free kick from Wayne Rooney. What a goal, Justin. It was a, it was a, 
you know, I don't want to use my name. It was a peach. It was beautiful. It was everything <laughs> you want, everything you want in a late goal. Because the fact that Rooney didn't do much throughout the game up until that goal, he was going to come off as well, which is another thing. Mm. Uh, Mario was going to come on, but obviously stayed on for the free kick, scored it. Well, he came off after the free kick went in. Exactly. What a man. Um, But Derby's game plan worked to a T. Stifled Norwich. They couldn't couldn't find a way through. They had a couple of opportunities, but David Marshall Marshall was there to to stop them. I, I was delighted. I was absolutely delighted, as you might imagine. Yeah, Norwich were the better side, but Derby looked a bit better compared to how they played earlier in the season, didn't they? There was a lot more there um, against Norwich than we'd seen for the past three games. Defending was heroic. You know, Curtis Davis was was tremendous. You know, Derby needed to put him in sooner. He was just a pure, unadulterated defender against Norwich. It was, you know, borderline illegal what he was doing as a, as a defender. Actually, no, that's a terrible way of phrasing it because that means... What on earth are you on about? I'm just trying to eke out the fact that Curtis Davis was an absolute Trojan against that, That's absolutely fine, but I've never heard the word unadulterated used as an adjective for a player's performance. I, I get I it. get the point, but let's uh, let's just move on from that uh, interesting episode. Uh, Justin, let's talk Norwich because it wasn't a great result from them, was it? And I've got to say, I've seen enough from these first four games to see that Norwich aren't going up this season for me. <laughs> I've heard loads of championship pundits picking them as title winners this season. I wasn't so sure. And after these first four games, I'm now confident they won't be. Uh, I don't think they'll even be going up. They're not the same team we saw two seasons ago. Their confidence has been badly affected by last season. Before, they would have taken risks and carved sides open. But they don't have the confidence to do it anymore. And none more so than Timu Puki, who looks a shadow of the man he was. He needs dropping ASAP, especially when you've got a young lad like Adamida on the bench who has looked fairly sharp in the games he's played so far. All their best players are being sold off and bar a couple, what's left is an average championship squad, if you ask me. What do you think? I'd I'd agree and disagree on certain points in that little tirade you had there. Um, mainly because Norwich have got some they've got good players all over the pitch. You know, they replace Jamal Lewis, for example, with, with Quintier, who looks a fairly good a fairly good addition, especially at this level. It was said in the commentary that Stuart Webber sees Norwich as a top 26 side. So, you know, competing for the playoffs and, you know, being in the Premier League is, is, is a win for them. And financially, they're in a much better position than they were two years ago. So to bring players in um, wouldn't be an issue for them. They're in, a, they're in a much better spot, as I said, two years ago, uh, financially, which means replacing those players isn't an issue. You look at James Madison, big money, did they replace him with one player? No, they brought brought in three or four players, four three or four very good players. They just need to find that level again, and um, they had a slow start uh, in a title winning season under Fark. They're having a slow start now. They, you can't rule them out this early. I can, and I've got to say the players that they have brought in. You made the point that when they sold Madison, they replaced him with good quality players. I'm not sure the players they brought in are the standard that they need to get back up. The likes of Kieran Dowell, Jordan Hugo, I think they're just standard championship players for me. Not good enough for a side that should be challenging for promotion. Let's move on. We'll go to Luton 2, Wickham 0. Pelly Rudder Kempanzu with a beautiful goal for the Hatters. Another great strike, Justin. 
I should say, what Nathan Jones said in his post-match pressure about that I heard goal this. was brilliant. It could either end up in the top corner or 100 metres away at a restaurant. It was it made me laugh, but he said it was such a straight face. But it was a great goal, and um, and Panzer for me, he's one of them players that I really, really like, but not I've not really seen any end product from him, so I don't really know what he can do in that end. But mm. uh, in that regard, but you know, the goal was, was fantastic and. It was another good result for Luton, and they've got players now contributing in other areas of the pitch. Elliot Lee um, putting one away as well. It's it's a good result for Luton. Yeah, definitely. It was a really impressive uh, performance. They're now fifth, which is sensational from Nathan Jones. They have got a couple of tricky games coming up after the international break, so how long it lasts, we'll have to wait and see. Wickham have become the first team in championship history to not score in their first four games. They had a goal chalked off for offside that looked very close, in fairness, with the camera angles in the championship. It's hard to tell, isn't it? It's not like the Premier League where there's a million cameras all Mm. spotted around the stadium. Um, So I couldn't really tell if it was definitely offside or not. But Justin, I'm going to make an early prediction. I think Wickham will go the whole season without a win. I'm calling it now. I feel sorry for them, but they're lacking so much to be capable of challenging teams in the championship. In fairness, they were unlucky against Rotherham on the opening day, but since then, they've just been battered each week and I struggle to see who's going to lose to them. And in addition to that, they could get a few kickings this season. I don't I don't know about that. I, I think that's, again, really harsh to make that assessment after four games. They have been poor, but I think Gareth Ainsworth, for example, will be a lot happier with this this result um sorry well not not the result but the game they they were much better going forward and they kept looting out of it for the first 45 for example um and and they were in the game and they could have scored and then the offside looks level you know if that goes in it, it can shift confidence for for Wickham they just need to find a rhythm again that they had in the early stages of last season they had a bad run of form um towards the um initial stopping of the season but they just need to get back to the, to what they were doing best which was working hard playing playing a back five at times it's 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 bringing it back down to that and I don't think they'll go through the season without a win I think that's quite a statement to make because we've seen worse teams win games for example that Rotherham side from a few years ago that we spoke about in the in the lockdown episodes they were terrible and with this Wickham side isn't that bad I'm not sure I agree with that. You say they looked a bit better going forwards. They only had one shot on target. So that says a lot about how poor they've been going forwards. Um, I think their best hope is just grinding out draws. But even even then, in my head, they're pretty much relegated already unless something amazing happens. Because I I just don't think they've got the players to turn around this start to the season they've had. Uh, Reading have made it four wins out of four after beating Watford 1-0. George Puskas with the goal. This was the first time two Serbian managers have faced off in English football. Nice little stat for you there, Justin. Yeah. Well, think, think how many Serbian managers there have been. Haven't been there's Jukanovic. Can't really name another one. No, I don't think I can. I don't know why yeah. it was a surprise then. It's a good point. Either way, Watford's first loss of the season. What did you make of their performance? Well, I risk getting a bit of backlash from Watford fans again, but I thought they were relatively blunt. I don't know. It's, I'm not I'm not convinced by this Watford side at all. Um, you know, last week against Luton was it was a narrow win, but I feel like if this Watford side concedes first, which is obviously this is the first time they've done it this season against Reading, they're not going to get back into games. There'll there'll be a different side when players are back, but the side they're currently putting out should be doing better. 
going forward. They should be. Um, Ivic pointed out that their final decision is is missing in, in obviously in attacking circumstances. Um, can you attribute that, attribute that to lack of experience? Maybe. So why not start Glen Murray, for example? It's it's no brainer in this situation. They need to they need to be putting teams to bed. Well, it's interesting that they've got Ismail Assar up front when he's been linked to a Man United, for example. Maybe his head's been a, a turned a bit because he hasn't looked very good in the past couple of games, even though we all know how good a player he is. Um, but you did get a bit of a backlash from Watford fans last week, Justin. I'm looking forward to that happening again. Um, <laughs> do you want to know a fact, Justin? I love facts. Go on, lay it on me. Reading haven't been as good as their form suggests. All right. <laughs> they've, they've been very fortunate in these first few games. Bar the Derby game, they've not been the best side in any of the wins they've had. Um, it is four wins out of four, but they're also averaging the fewest shots per game, fewer than Wickham, and they're terrible, Justin. They've got a kind run of games uh, coming up, so they'll probably pick up a few more points after the international break. But do not expect to see Reading continue this form in the long term. We've seen it happen time and time again, where teams have a small number of chances, pick up a few wins, and then that team continues to create a lack of chances, and the form doesn't last, and they drop down the table. And that's, that's what's going to happen with Reading, because what they're doing at the moment is unsustainable. And you can't keep winning matches when you're only creating a few chances per game and only having seven or so shots. Uh, well, I disagree. I disagree because they're a side that has a lot more balance to it than it did last season under um, Gomez and, and, and Bowen. They've got players like Elise, who I love, by the way. I think he's going to be a massive talent. His left foot is dynamite. Um, but they but they were good here. They, you know, Lucas Shaw was injured. Puskas came in. And again, that turn and finish was, was great. And considering he's not played very often, that's what you need when your main man is injured. And I've got here, can the form continue? I, I, why not? As I said, the defensively solid. Two holding players in Lawrence, uh, in Lawrence and um, Rinomoto have been brilliant for them. Uh, and going forward, I don't think they're as bad uh, <laughs> as you suggest. Okay, they're not creating as many chances of, as, as other teams, but to get through this first four games, winning all four is going to breed confidence and they're going to get better going forward. And I think... Paunovic deserves credit for finding the balance in this Reading side that has been lacking for a long time. I, I will give Paunovic credit because getting four wins out of four, you can't really argue with that. But when they are averaging just seven shots per game, that you can't keep winning games by having so so few shots. Defensively, they have been fairly solid. They're uh, averaging 10 shots per game, which is pretty much bang average uh, in the championship. But... This can't continue, and it won't continue, I'm telling you now. Um, let's go to the last game that happened this weekend. That was Stoke-Birmingham. It finished one all. Um, Nick Powell grabbing a late equaliser for Stoke after Harley Dean's goal. And then Rotherham won, Huddersfield won. Uh, not a very eventful game. It was very much Huddersfield uh, versus Rotherham's defence in the end. <laughs> uh, a very funny own goal in the 96th minute, though, meant Carlos Carbran's side snatched a point. Uh, the final point to make on this game is Huddersfield striker Josh Caroma. He's got massive calves, Justin. Massive. And he's a good player. He is a good, good player. Good player, good calves. Good <laughs> Is that the logic? <laughs> uh, it, uh, Stephen Warnock was the same, so yeah. 
fair enough. <laughs> uh, let's go to who knows wins, Justin. This is our weekly we- weekly league where you can win money from guessing the results of championship games. It's really easy to do. All you need to do is download the Who Knows Wins app, join our league, and guess the most correct results out of the games in the championship each weekend. It costs two pounds to enter, and the more people involved, the bigger the prize. So get your mates involved as well. The jackpot this week was two hundred pounds, and there were four winners. So it was a split between a very tidy 50 quid each one of those winners was our very own justin peach justin how's that feel <laughs> massive smile on my face when i found out i don't normally win 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 bets or you know no, accumulators I can, I, so i can confirm that's true yeah um <laughs> so obviously buzzing and obviously you know ryan likes to be known as the uh the championship expert he's he's but he's been pipped here unfortunately and you know modest me is quietly gone about gone about the business yeah you sound really modest right now <laughs> i do want to point out though if you got one more result right you would have walked away with 200 pounds yeah but i got four and that's more than you so you, you happy you happy with that happy with 50 i told you i'm modest I, i'd have been happy with two pounds <laughs> I got two results right, so hopefully I'll do a bit, a bit better in a couple of weeks' time. It is the international break coming up, so there isn't going to be a weekly league uh, this weekend. But nonetheless, we still have games to pick from. So, Justin, uh, let me just get my results up. Where's it gone? Okay, so who have you had in the first game? That is Birmingham, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I'm going with a draw. I've gone with a Wednesday win. Blackburn and Forest. Blackburn and Forest. I've gone with a home win. I've gone for a draw. I'm thinking Forest will sack Lamushi and they'll get a new manager bounce. I'm thinking long term here. Uh, Brentford <laughs> Coventry. Uh, this one, this one, this one was the hardest one for me because I, I don't know this this capitulation for Brentford and Coventry actually being quite good. I've gone with a draw. I've gone Brentford win. Luton Stoke. Oh yeah, draw. I've gone Luton win. Nathan Jones going back to his old side. Uh, Middlesbrough Reading. I've gone draw. Wow. Yeah, a lot of draws for me. I've gone Middlesbrough win. I've, I've got, got to really after what I've just been saying about Reading. And uh, <laughs> Swansea Huddersfield. I've gone home win. I have also gone home win. So that's who knows wins. As I say, it's really easy to do. All you need to do is download the app. And like Justin, you could walk away with a bit of cash at the end of it. Right now it's time for this. Right, we'll start off with this. The government is confident the Premier League will play its part in helping lower tier clubs survive the financial effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Sports Minister Nigel Huddleston says it was vitally important that big spending clubs accepted their responsibilities. You know what they could do, Justin? They could let the fans into the grounds. That might help. I completely agree. And obviously, you know, fans coming into the grounds pours money into clubs. It means... It's just a government deflecting from them, and it, they did it with the footballers at the start of the pandemic, saying that they should donate some of their salaries, even though they have the highest, one of the highest tax bands. It's just the government deflecting, and obviously, the more they deflect, the less light is shone on the fact that they've absolutely faffed it. The whole thing just faffed it. Just everything about <laughs> just this. In. Let's not get political about it. This is a okay, politically neutral podcast. <laughs> you can't be neutral and call out. Terrible right, handling right. of things. It's, yeah. 
Right, chill out, you liberal scum. Uh, <laughs> let's go to this. New York Red Bulls have made a formal approach for Barnsley head coach Gerhard Struber. Talks are ongoing between all parties, but reports in Struber's native Austria say a deal is virtually agreed. It's disappointing, isn't it? Because it seems like Struber is really building something with Barnsley. He's one of the best managers at this level for me. Uh, but at the same time, Barnsley haven't started this season well, and maybe Struber's head has been turned. What do you think? It's again another thing. To, it's hard to disagree with you. That's, that's it's a new one on this podcast. Agreeing with you too much, but is his head turned potentially? And obviously, Barnsley results is that is that being impacted by by this speculation? It feels like they've just they've brought in players for Struber and him going now. It's just not practical for Barnsley. It's short term planning. You know where do they go from here? Because as you say, Struber at this level again for me another thing I agree with. You. He's one of the top coaches at this level. Um, mm. We saw how he transformed Barnsley last season. So them losing Struber, I think, is almost consigning themselves to another relegation fight because who can they get who is of a similar mould, who is better or can get the best out of those Barnsley players that Struber has now bought in? Mm. Another point, I'm not sure it's the best career move for him because I think if he kept progressing with Barnsley, he could have got a Premier League job eventually. But I imagine him, New York, are paying him a hefty wage, it's got to be said. Uh, new contracts have been signed this week. Justin David Rea at Brentford, Taylor Moore at Bristol City and Michael Rose at Coventry. So well done to all of them. Derby <laughs> have revealed a new bright pink third kit to raise awareness for the Breast Cancer Now charity. £5 from the sale of each adult shirt will go towards the charity. Which is nice, isn't it? Uh, it's a nice Lovely. kit as well, isn't it? Really nice. It's very kit. nice. Whoa. It's very nice. I'm, I'm a big fan get... of any pink kit, anyway. anyway. Yeah, because it matches your sunburn. And anyway, there's <laughs> <laughs> isn't any sun now, anyway. Is there? And five <laughs> parrots at a wildlife centre have been removed from the public display because they keep swearing at customers. Staff at Lincolnshire Wildlife Park say the African greys appear to enjoy shocking visitors. It's a disgrace. <laughs> It's a disgrace. These these parrots need to have a good look at themselves. And, you know, again, pandemic, you want people to come in and feel welcome, not a parrot telling you to F off. It's just not right. It's disgusting, isn't it? Uh, transfers. These are just the done deals from the past weeks. There's plenty of business happening as we speak. Uh, Callum Patterson has joined Wednesday from Cardiff. What do you make of that one? It's a weird one, isn't it? I was questioning it all week. I, was just, I saw the speculation. I was like, yeah, good one. Um, but then it actually happened. And things got serious. Um, so uh, it's a weird one. He's, he's not a, a striker. He's not a midfielder. And he's not quite a defender. He's, he's just he's, he's a bit of everything. everything. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I know we've spoken about the game, but he, he played up front and then he played centre-half. Obviously, Tom Lee went off injured. So that's just him in a nutshell. But it's a good signing for Wednesday. A really good signing. Mm, and 600 grand they got him for as well which is a bit of a bargain, although I imagine his wages are quite high. Uh, Nicholas Eliasson has left Bristol City to go to French side Nîmes. £2.2 million. Seems all right. He's always lacked a bit of consistency, hasn't he, Eliasson? Uh, still a half-decent player, though. Watford have signed Nigeria defender William Troost-Ikong from Udinese. Uh, midfielder Robert Pereira has also gone, while Luis Suarez has left to go to Granada. Preston finally have a striker, Justin. Emil Rees Jakobsen joins from Danish side Randers for what Preston have called a significant fee. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on this lad, isn't there, to be very good because Preston have been crying out for a striker for ages. Yeah, yeah, it's... You're getting a player from Scandinavia who isn't overly prolific, but he brings that physical part of the game that Preston 
clearly liking a number nine. You look at Stockley, Louis Moult as well. They just need someone who's a bit more mobile than Stockley. Um, mm. And hopefully this Jakobsen can, can do the business in that, in that regard because, as I say, Stockley's a bit of a just a six foot three, six foot four striker, doesn't really do much else. Whereas if you get a player moving a bit more, they've got a good they've got a good striker there. So fingers crossed. Yeah, he got nine goals last season in the Danish league, which isn't amazing. It's got to be said, but still uh, nonetheless, still young. Yeah, he's what twenty two, isn't he? Mm. Uh, Macaulay Bonds gone to QPR from Charlton. Massive fan of that signing. Very good signing. Uh, Daniel Barlasser has joined Rotherham permanently from Newcastle. He was on loan at the club last season. Was probably their best player. Uh, it's a massive signing for them because they've looked a bit desperate going forwards and he'll certainly provide a bit of creativity. Bournemouth have signed Atletico Madrid winger Rodrigo Raquelme on a season-long loan with the option of a permanent move. This one's quite funny because for weeks it looked like he was going to <laughs> Reading and they were yeah. getting very excited about signing him, but that's not happened, obviously. Brentford have signed German fielder Vitaly Janelt from Bochum. And Forest's record signing, João Carvalho, has gone to Spanish second side, uh, second division side, I should say, Almeria, on a season-long loan. Thirteen million he cost Forrest, Justin. He's shown signs of class, but nowhere near enough. And for me, he's got to go down as one of the worst signings in championship history. Well, he's well-liked by Forest fans. And I think had Lamouche in O'Neill, I think it, that was set in motion by O'Neill not playing him. But that, that side's desperate for quality and getting rid of a... A diminutive player like Carvalho's just seems silly to me. But you never did but it they, enough. They, no, but uh, th- there is that. But you've got to you've got to put faith in these players because they can be in games one minute and out the other. And putting a Carvalho, putting Carvalho in a Lamushi side isn't going to be great. But he's a tour, he's a sort of talent that <laughs> it needs. It, it's crying out for creativity, and they're going to rely on Luke Freeman this season. Hmm. Well, Thiago Silva has also gone. He's gone to Olympiacos and he's virtually the same player as Jao Carvalho. Uh, let's do some polls, Justin. Hi, Simon Grayson Edge. Welcome back to the podcast, Ryan and Jack from Rovers Chat and BS3 Talk, respectively. I'm going to ask the chaps here to name eight of a certain subject, and all they've got to work, all they've got to do, is work together to name all eight. So, for example, if I were to say, name the eight EFL clubs closest to London without actually being in London, and Justin would say Watford, that's one down, and Ryan would say Luton, that's another down. But if Jack would say Newcastle, then he'd be out. So, what you need to do, chaps, is give me all eight answers without all of you being. Eliminated. Is that clear? Yes. Lovely stuff. Since we have a Blackburn fan and a Bristol City fan here, excluding your own clubs, can you name me the eight clubs, starting with the letter B, who have been in the championship past or present? So that's excluding Blackburn and Bristol City. We're also excluding Bournemouth, because I'm counting them as AFC Bournemouth, if that's all right. So we'll uh, start off with Jack. Jack, can you name me a team who has been in the championship, past or present, starting with the letter B? I'll go Brentford. That is a very good shout. Brentford is on the list. Ryan? Barnsley. Yes, that's another one. I'm worried you guys might fly through this, but we'll see. Uh, Justin? Bolton. Bolton, yeah, that's another one. Uh, Jack? Burton, Albion. Burton is also correct. Ryan? Bradford City. Bradford City is not correct because I believe they're in the championship before 
it uh, got rebranded to the 2004 uh, championship so that doesn't count so ryan is out that means it's down to jack and justin justin can you name me another club please Birmingham City. Birmingham City is on there. You've got one, two, three left. Jack, can you name me another one, please? I back myself here. Um... Oh, here we go. <laughs> I thought we'd get to this point where uh, yeah. the last three you might be struggling on. <laughs> Are there any clues regarding time zone? or? Nope. Time zone? Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> <laughs> I could give a clue if you want one. I just couldn't bring myself to say them. Is there one really obvious one? I'm struggling here. I'm going to have to push you for time here, Jack. I can't think. I think I'm done. Oh, Jack's out. Jack's out. That means it, that means it's down to you, Justin. <laughs> I'm there because I'm going to panic now. I'm not very good under pressure. Um, oh no! Because the only ones I can think about now are just Blackburn and Bristol, Bristol City, and um, they don't count. Um, Stop stalling. Stop putting me under pressure. I, I'm done as well. I honestly don't know. Wow. Wait, I keep thinking Initially, I thought you guys were just going to fly through this, but unfortunately, you have all fallen victim once again to Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight. Guys, how do you feel? Gutted. I thought I'd <laughs> stolen a march with Bradford City there, but uh, being too clever for my own good. Ryan, you said uh, you knew another one. Do you want to go for it? It's got to be those uh, those Burnley, hasn't it? Burnley. I can't be saying <laughs> yes. them. Burnley's one, Blackpool, another one, another Lancashire side. And the final one was Brighton. Mm. Yeah. Should have got those. Yeah. Disappointing performance there, lads. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in all of you as well. You've all put shame upon yourselves. But nevertheless, it is another loss to Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight. That means we've only had one winner so far this season. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see if we can try and remedy that in a couple of weeks' time. Right, that's it for us. We're doing a Q&A next week. So we'll ask you for questions on Twitter in midweek and we'll answer them in next week's episode. We're also going to do a Meets episode. Uh, that'll come out on Thursday. So you have that to look forward to as well. So keep an eye on Twitter for all the latest updates. That's at Second Tier Pod on Twitter. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. Ryan Hildred from Rovers Chat. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. Jack Dawson from BS3 Talk. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on. Much appreciated. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Just Peach. Thank you for listening. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.